Welcome to another episode of Tough Men of Faith. What's up, Marcy? How well, you doing? I'm tired. Tired? Yeah. Why? Well, because while you were sitting in here in your comfortable chair talking to our guest, <laughs> producer Blake sends a message to us or yeah. calls me. It's like, hey, my car broke down. That's the bad news. The yeah. good news is I'm right here where we're at. So but I go think, out there. Yeah. I thought he meant he's in the parking lot. Right. So I go out there and I had to help push his car. Was he just like steering it and having you push? <laughs> no, he was actually doing it himself. Oh, so. okay. But I was just wondering where you were at. So I yeah, just, sorry. Yeah. I didn't I didn't yeah. realize it was like actually broke down. I thought it was, maybe you had a low tire, like a tire light on or something. Um, <laughs> no. You know. It's broke down, broke down. So he's going to need uh, one of us to pull it home probably. Uh, I'll do that. Okay. Yeah, you ride with him in the car and steer it and brick it and uh, I'll pull you guys. Yeah, it'll That's be entertaining. Easy. Yeah. All right. So let's jump into it. So... Tonight we're joined by a guest that we've been wanting to have for a while. Yeah, we've been talking about this for yeah. quite a while. Yeah. Um, so welcome, Howard. Yeah. Thank you. Howard with the Thank spider. you for having me. Yeah. 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 I'm honored to be here. Yeah. So um, I've known you a couple of years now. Uh, yeah. The first time we met, uh, someone told me, he's like, hey, you should meet. I want you to meet Howard. And yes. so someone I didn't know that well. And I think we got coffee over to mm-hmm. Panera on the east side of Indy. Yeah, sure um, did. Sat down yeah. and loved hearing your story then. Yeah. And uh, you came and spoke at a men's camp out we had for our church. Yes. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah, Nick was there, producer Blake was there, and food was was good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Our guys really enjoyed just kind of hearing your story and what God's been doing over, I don't know, 60, are you 60? 67. 67 years. Yeah, wow. In your life. Where'd it go? Yeah, it goes fast, doesn't it? (laughs) You have no idea. That's what I keep thinking, that's what I tell people younger me, is like, you have no idea how fast life goes. Yeah. Yes, we thought we would just start with uh, maybe telling us where you grew up. It's like, where'd you grow up and how'd that get you to where you're at now? Yeah, I grew up right here in Indianapolis, uh, born and raised on the west side of Indianapolis, Riverside area. I was born in 1955, so grew up in a real tough time here in America, um, in the inner city of Indianapolis. Went to... That was a weird uh, time of change, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. It was. Um, Surroundings... Well, to back up, my my grandparents, my grandfather uh, moved to Indianapolis from Tennessee. Okay. From what I understand, he moved here to escape being lynched, you know, down in the in in the country of Tennessee. Yeah. And he came up and brought his family. I think at the time he may have had four children, and the rest were born here. Wound up with thirteen. Wow. You know, my dad being one of them, and so we grew up. Um, I grew up there, the only child of my mom and dad, so I grew up as an only child as well. Just situated there and went to grade school and went to Christmas Attics High School, which, yeah. you know, back in that day, especially when my grandfather and and my dad and his siblings came up, that was the only school that African-Americans could go to. Really? Back in the 40s and 50s, yeah. So in like in the 60s. Indianapolis public school system, that's yes. where, if you're an African-American, you went African-American, you went to Christmas Attics. Yes, that was it, you know, for a long time, you know. And actually, I graduated with the last all-black class of of Christmas Attics in 1973. That was going to be my next question. Was it uh, integrated classes or was it just all-black? Yeah, I think um, it was Mayor Luger uh, integrated it up to the junior year. Okay. And I was a senior that year. Gotcha. So that was the last all-black class. Yeah. I was at that yeah. school the other day for a game, and they had this, like their history like out there in the wall. It was interesting mm-hmm. to see yeah. like what what all happened and this yeah. kind of history that school. My so. picture should be on that wall Yeah, from what I hear. Well, classes when I go back, I'll look for yeah. you. <laughs> but you have a little bit less gray then, right? Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. I did. Yeah. 
Yeah. Okay. So you graduated high school in 73? Yes. And, you know, I went to the Navy uh, after that. In my family, education was not something, you know, that was, you know, talked about. And so, you know, a lot of my relatives, you know, we either you get a good, you know, try to get a job. Yeah. But actually, uh, a lot of a lot of my family didn't finish high school. My dad and his siblings never finished, never got a high school diploma. Yeah. So my generation uh, was the first to really get there to get the high school diploma. And college was not something that was talked about. Yeah. You know, nobody really, um, you know, tried to get us to go to college. And so military was it because I didn't want to hang around and just do nothing with my life like yeah. a, a lot of my friends and you know others were doing. Um, I I really had a a music background. I love. I played saxophone okay. you know, all during high school and played in some local bands and stuff. Mm-hmm. And and my goal was to be a jazz musician. But you know started you know just really getting high, drinking at mm-hmm. a young, very young age, drinking, hanging in the streets, and and just grew up in that. You know having. Um, having a lot of the adults present that before me and mm-hmm. groom me into that, you know. Yeah. So by the time I graduated from high school, I was getting high every day, you know, yeah. with marijuana and different, you know, experimenting with drugs and alcohol really started young and probably 10 or 11 years old, you know, started drinking mm-hmm. and, you know, sexually active, you know, just um, just doing all the all the stuff that I saw presented and was lived out before me. All the things of the world. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, and funny to say that, and that was the issue because Jesus Christ or the things of God was nowhere in my family history, you know, that yeah. I knew of, not in that, you know, my, from my grandfather that came up from Tennessee and, you know, my dad had nine brothers and three sisters and, and it just wasn't there. Yeah. You know, we were not a religious family. It's they crazy were, when you think about it that if you're not raised in it, and it's not, yeah, you know, if it's not in your family, it's not something that you're uh, that you're surrounded by. It's kind of puts the emphasis back on guys, you know, how we have that yeah. responsibility Absolutely. to lead our families and to lead our, you know, our wives and our kids. Yeah, because without us, you know, it's it's really easy to go wayward. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they were really good people. They would, yeah. you know, as they say, give you the shirt off their backs right. and they will help you out. But just being, knowing how to really live life and what it's all about, especially as men, you know, um, the men in my family, you know, even though they were in the secular realm, good men, they worked, but they just couldn't hold a, a family together, didn't know how to how to raise their children in the admonition of the Lord, of course, because he wasn't there. So, yeah. you know, so the majority of us, that's how we, that's how we lived. You right. know, um, a lot of pregnancies early yeah. in life. You know, I had cousins that, you know, would get pregnant at 13 and, and then they were, they were a mother at 13, a grandmother at 26, a great grandmother, you know, yeah. in their late thirties, early forties, you know, that, that, so that was that generational, issue there yeah. you know so so I went to the Navy at 18 and and in that in my neighborhood you know growing up in the 60s late 50s early 60s was tough because you had the the racial mm-hmm. uh, divide going on and in my neighborhood you had a choice of 
either you were following Martin Luther King and the nonviolent movement or you were following um, the Black Panther Islam, radical Islam, yeah. Black Islam, which is mm -hmm. different, Farrakhan, Elijah Muhammad, and, and those guys. So you had a choice to make. Who were you going to follow? Yeah. You know, and that was that was a big deal you know, back then because you had the riots going on and, and just all that racial stuff that was going on in the 60s, you know, with Martin Luther King being assassinated and JFK being assassinated and, and just all the stuff that was going on. So personally, I took, even though my dad told me that the hatred was wrong, he wasn't saying, but he just knew. And he said, you know, that, that all white people aren't bad. You know, he said that, you know, he told me that. But for me and my boys and what I was growing up with and how we were and, and, you know, my posse, you know, we were militants. You know, I was a self-proclaimed black militant, black panther. And that's that's what, you know, what drove me. And because it was just wrong from what I see, you know, when you see on TV, the fire hoses and the dogs being yeah. sicked on people and all that stuff. And and knowing now how the news, how the news, you know, they <laughs> how they, you know, Twist show things. all that stuff and how they blow it up. And and even though some of it was true, you know, but still not knowing the heart of it all, you yeah. know. So so that's the that's the path that I took and my heroes I was I was radicalized, you know, just like mm -hmm. you see today men and women that are radicalized in Islam and in different religions, um, that's where I was. And to the point of in joining the military I signed up to learn about how to make bombs, you know, because I wanted to help the movement that I was, that I was a part of. So this is know. still pre, this is pre-Navy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. I got all that, but I, but when it came time to join the Navy, that's the job I, I chose to go because okay. that was my thought pattern was to learn how to make bombs so I could help the movement out. Gotcha. You know, in the Navy, the military would teach me how to make bombs and I would get out and come and, right. you know. Get, yeah. get back into the movement. Yeah. 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 Because yeah. we were going to, you know, we were overthrowing the government. We was taking over. We was doing all that yeah. stuff, you know, all, all the lies that, you know, <laughs> yeah. we were led to believe, you know. But God, even though, you know, I, even though I wasn't giving him any of my attention, I was totally out there. I was radicalized and in the ideology of 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 the black power movement of the day god changed my heart while i was in there you know because it was my it was the first time at 18 it was the first time in my life that i met people outside of my culture right you know i, was, I mean right next to them i'm i'm living next to them i'm sleeping i'm eating with them yeah uh, with people different than me, and so yeah, and so I've learned yeah. and you know and realized that what my dad had told me was true, yeah. you know, and that's where it really started changing. And and also when I got in there and after boot camp, that's when you go to your your school to learn what you signed up for. Yeah. All that had been changed, you know. All that had been changed all of a from, to learn to make from being anymore. an aviation ordinance man to yeah. learning about being communications and being a—they call it a radioman. But so, you know, so I hadn't been in any trouble, and so I had a top secret clearance through the government, and and so I went to Morse Code School and learned nice. all the you know electronics for for um, a ship yeah. for the warship. 
and put in for my first um my first ship was out of Pearl Harbor. I wanted to do some traveling, so I said, oh, let's yeah. go to Pearl Harbor, yeah. you know, and went there and and got to Pearl Harbor, and my ship went on a Westpac cruise. So I'm still, so I'm in an area where lot there was hardly any African-Americans in the unit that I was in, okay. in that job area. And, and so I had to- just, Now you're surrounded by white to, people. Yeah, I had to live life that way. <laughs> right, yeah. And it was the best thing that could have ever happened to me. Besides my first day on the ship, first day, you know, got off, flew out, first day walked on the ship, and I was called the N-word. Yeah. You know, not realizing that the, the Navy had, especially in that day, was had the reputation of being one of the most prejudiced of the armed forces, mm-hmm. you know, branches know of the armed forces. Yeah, it was... It was bad, um, but you know, overall, um, and you know, he got in a lot of trouble for that. He got, you know, uh, um, captain's mass or whatever it was for it, you know. Um, and so life went on from there, and um, my ship uh, went on a Westpac cruise, Western Pacific cruise, and we were um, escorting. I was on a on a destroyer escort. And okay. so we escorted the Enterprise, 5,000 men on it, and just that naval group. And so we, um, while we were over there, uh, uh, Vietnam fired up again. That was in 1975. Okay. And so they sent us to Vietnam, sent us to Saigon for the evacuation of Vietnam. And so, and that's when it really came alive again is that, you know, we're in the, we're in the trenches. I'm in the trenches with, with other men, I yep. mean, not only not only white, but from all over. I mean, they were yeah. you know um, Asian and just different different men from all creeds and backgrounds and yeah. religions and all that. And and it started you know just really working on my heart, of course, because there were times I'd be out you know and and I'm still you know still getting high, still, you know, drinking, still living the life of a sailor. Yeah. That was one thing that drew me too, because the 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 motto then was sailors have more fun, you know, and you know, and they show a sailor, you know, with all the pretty girls mm-hmm. and yeah. you know, all that and, and the dress uh, whites and Yeah. Oh yeah. You know, that that drew them. <laughs> right. You know, so yeah. you know that drew them. So yeah, I wanted to be a part of that. Any you know, either Navy or Marines, you yeah. know, that that drew them. So and so, you know, I'm, so we're over there and, and, you know, we're, we're doing our thing and we could go out on the ship and, and sneak and, you know, and smoke and stuff. And, and so, and what happened was, as I was doing that, you know, pitch black at night, if you're ever out at sea, been out at sea, you know, at night you see nothing yeah. except for the stars. And so, so we're, we're out there getting high and I'm looking into the sky and it's like, you know, there has to be a God. I mean, you hear a little bit yeah. about God, and and going back to my mother did was raised into in a Christian family. Uh, her dad was um, a Christian, a deacon, and and so when my mom, you know, got old enough, she left. She was from Tennessee as well. Okay. So she came and she met my dad and Mary, but you know, my dad not knowing how to treat a woman. You know, they divorced when I was nine. And, you know, I just, you know, just seeing a lot of of stuff there with, you know, fighting, seeing my dad abuse my mom and, and put her out of the house and divorced. And he got custody of me. And that's, you know, that's how a lot of that came 
to be because I grew up in a in a single parent home with a dad who was a working alcoholic and you know there wasn't a lot of discipline there for me and, and just a lot of dysfunction you know yeah. very dysfunctional upbringing and so my mom would witness to me you know she fell away from the lord but after all of that you know she you know rededicated her life to the lord and she would witness to me and you know i would hear it but you know i wasn't interested so when i would come home on leave i would go see my mom and and things so but you know as i'm as i'm looking into the sky and i'm seeing all this beautiful stuff and seeing things flash across the sky and i'm like you know what is it really all about yeah and being in southeast asia you know got a hold to uh, Scientology, this reading and searching, you know, this searching for some truth there and never got it, you know, it, you know, while I was in the Navy, ran into Buddhism and this, all the cults and all the, you know, um, stuff that's, that's being taught um, in that part of the world. Um, so you know, my time um, after we left Vietnam, I had PTSD and, Came back to the States and, you know, that, of course, didn't go well and eventually got out of the Navy. You know, I went AWOL while I was in there trying to get out, uh, again, having PTSD and just wanting to, you know, find out who I was. And just, you know, this really struggled with that with drug abuse and and just going through and got out of the Navy um, and hung out in Compton, had some family in Compton and started you know, doing drugs there and and just really started sinking deeper and deeper into it. You know, came home in 1977 and just, again, just started getting deeper, started selling drugs and got into a gr- drug gang out of Gary. And, and, you know, while my mom is still witnessing to me and just going through, got married, that, of course, that didn't work. So I'm living that life, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, this continuing the dysfunction had a son out of there, uh, out of that marriage, and and what God did, and I know it's because of my mother and others praying for me. Got a job at VA Medical Center, so I had a decent job uh, working alcoholic, just like my dad. You know, no matter, and that's what I was taught. No matter how much I drank or smoked or whatever I did, I still got up and went to work that next morning, no matter what, hungover, if I stayed up three days doing acid or some chemical or whatever, get up and go to work. And and I did that. And so um, one fateful day, and uh, that would have been September of 1984. That's a good year. Yes, it was. Is you're born? Yes, you're born. Yeah. Yeah. Of 1984, I was, I had my son and I was going to my, my supplier's house to pick up some drugs to put out on the street. And um, we were tested. It was a chemical, you know, kind of like meth. We called it crystal tea, you know. And I was there to, you know, we was partying and getting my package so I could take care of it and get it out on the street. And we would sample it, you know, and I sampled too much. And on the dry, so all I remember is... I remember the sun setting it was in in the speedway, town of Speedway. I remember the sun by the speedway track, 500 track. And I remember the sun setting and the next thing, and I had my son, it was my weekend to have him because him, his mom and I were divorced. And I had him, I had a four wheel drive pickup because like I said, with a job and selling and I was living good. I had bought a house at 25. And yep. so I had my own, I was doing very well. 
according to yeah. those standards, yep. you know. And so, um, you know, I saw this, you know, I remember the sun going down and the next, a little bit about six o'clock in the evening, the next thing I remember, it was three o'clock a.m. the next day. And to this day, I have no recollection, recollection of what happened. But when I came to, my son was in the seat next to me uh, in the truck. The front of the truck was wrecked. I was in the parking lot of a shopping center, Zaire's shopping center, which, which was like four blocks from my house. So obviously, in my mind, I was trying to get home. But I found out later that I did stop by uh, some relatives house, you know, that, you know, we used to, I used to go by and grew up, had cousins there that we would get high and all that. So I'm, tr- and they said they, they knew I was acting kind of weird, you know, but they didn't keep me there. They let me go. Hmm. And so, you know, um, so when I came to, you know, I, I saw my son and it was cold and I just picked him up and I walked those three to four blocks to my house and, you know, his mom later in a couple hours she came because she said they were trying to find me and they didn't know but i'm i'm in this parking lot you yeah. know not knowing how to this day man, i'm telling you i don't know how long i've been there how i got there what i hit none of that is still a mystery uh and that was 1984 and so of course she comes and she's mad and she said you'll never see him again and just you know my life was just falling apart and right then the teachings and and what all the things that my mom was saying to me, because she would tell me stuff like, you know, you could die in this truck, and you know, right. you need to give your life. She would witness to me. Yeah. And right then, um, I just got on my knees, and I said, God, if you're real, and not that you have to prove anything to me, but if you're real, I want to know. Yeah. If you just show me that you're real, I'll serve you the rest of my life. All right, Howard, I'm going to go ahead and interrupt you there. Um, Blake looks like he's about to throw something at me, and I have a couple Mm -hmm. hammers in that closet. So I think that's just a great place to stop it for this week. And um, it's been really good. And so next week, just kind of, I started with the question, uh, where did you grow up and how did you get to where you're at now? Mm -hmm. So we're getting closer to where you're at now. So uh, next week, kind of finish up to where you're at now. And then some words of advice you have for guys and things you've learned. So absolutely. Yes. Thanks for joining us. And uh, I know you guys will want to make sure you tune in to the next episode. Yep. We'll see you next week. Bye.